Yes, once again, Howard Marks, much, not a trend follower. I don't think he likes <clears throat> looking at prices only and following trends, but a lot of, he had an interview this week and it's a lot of um, deep, deep uh, good wisdom and on a philosophical level, somehow the, I feel a kindred spirit to some of the things he says. Um, and, you know, one of my goals is to listen to traditional non-trend following people and interpret it in my own way uh, as it relates and see it through the lens of trend following. So his tweet was, um, or his quote was, uh, in order to get an above average return in the long run, you have to buy things for less than they're worth which is to say that other people out there have to be willing, have to be selling that thing for less than it's worth. And so this is not an original thought of mine. I have other smart friends who mentioned this to me years ago, uh, something along the lines of, uh, given that trend following has been profitable, you know, it has a, pro it has a positive expectation. <clears throat> buying the upside breakout must be buying things for less than they're worth. For 35 years, I've been taking advantage of that mistake. Mm -hmm. Hashtag anchoring. So I think um, <clears throat> buying the highs, whatever that means, the 50-day high, the 100-day high, getting long um, at a breakout level or a moving average crossover, you know, by definition, it's not the lowest price you've seen recently. And it doesn't sound very um, uh, like a bargain. <clears throat> Why? Mm. Uh, maybe I need a system that could have bought way, way before that. And uh, although I just, I think what he's, what I'm trying to say is your brain is anchoring that to that low of the chart or the recent lows and how much fun it would have been to get low, get long there. But that doesn't mean that the upside breakout isn't still buying something for less than it's worth. I think by definition sure. it is. Uh, so don't feel bad about that. Um, just remind ourselves that we are buying bargains um, in hindsight uh, th when we have a good trend. Where we got in was a really, really fun place to get in, really perfect place to get in. And the embedded risk control of waiting for a high versus trying to buy the low, you know, there's all sorts of advantages in that too. Yeah. I mean, I know we were talking about uh, something before we started recording today, and, and it goes to this point about, you know, how people see something that's undervalued, or maybe they're missing something that's undervalued, and they tend to focus on things that actually are probably overvalued. And I used this example where I came across an interview with Michael Lewis, the the, the well-known author, and uh, he was talking, he was actually talking about his more recent books, but he had to go back to the book uh, called Moneyball to explain sort of the whole crux of the matter and how he came to write a book about Daniel Kahneman and Amos Traversky. And, um, and, he, and he went back to, I think, his first, the first time he, he came into the locker room of the o Oakland A's and he was watching the players uh, come out from the shower with very little uh, clothes on. And he was looking at these people and they, you know, people were overweight and some had, you know, some disfigured function, you know, on, on their on their bodies. And then one had two club feet and they certainly weren't the perfect athletes when you saw them. And, and he was making this argument to the management uh, of the Oakland A saying, well, if we line up all your players uh, up against a wall uh, wearing very little clothes, then you ask someone, what do these people do? 
nobody would guess that these are professional athletes. And the answer was really, well, that's the point. Um, because what they were looking for were not the best looking players. They were not looking for um, people who um, essentially looked good. I mean, they, they actually go on to, to the example of saying people or, or players who look good, <laughs> visually look good, they, would, they tend to be overvalued. Whilst people who didn't really look like a football player, um, even though they had a very important role and, and, and value, uh, would typically be undervalued. And I think it's a little bit the same, uh, just in a completely different uh, way, of course. Um, and that is that we, we tend to look at things that, that looks good when we, for example, analyze uh, investment strategies, while things that, you know, are, is less attractive, certainly trend following would fall into that camp, um, you know, is, is, is often overlooked or dismissed. Um, and the same with entry points and exit points. We, we, you know, the perfect entry point, you know, yeah, sure. But how many people really are, can identify the perfect entry point, right? So, um, yeah, so it's an interesting, interesting discussion. Anything on your side, Moritz, or should we try and tackle some questions for for this week? Yeah, not not too much. I mean, I know it's it's uh, we're, we're buying those points, we're buying those highs, and, and hopefully later on they uh, prove to be great entry points and bargains. And at the time we enter the trade, you know, visually they they haven't looked like that. And just one thing comes to mind there. I've um, I remember being asked, you know, looking at a chart, and the chart has been in an uptrend, and the question was kind of like. What would you do? Would you at that point? So the most recent data point. Would you would you buy or sell? And then you know the thing has been going up. I was like, uh, well, neither. I just stay long. And the person looked at me like, well, that wasn't my question. You're not answering my question. Would you buy that or sell that? I, I probably bought that month ago because it's been going up. Um, that's just what we do. It you know those entries they. Uh, uh, you know, there's, they, they don't look always um, that rational on a chart, but we take them. 